Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 I'd, uh, somebody told me that uh, we are live streamed, so we welcome those who are watching today. Um, and for you guys and for those who are watching, you probably have to hear twice. Not because I am very eloquent, but because of my accent. Now I know, Lisa, how do you feel? <laughs> so we are in the same page, you and I. So I feel the same way you feel when I'm here. So praise the Lord. Amen. amen. God is good. Amen. Amen. Let's start right away before uh, our time goes out. Uh, let's, let's read, as always, Psalm 15. And the reason I do that is because we're still not there yet. You heard me say that before, right? Let's say, uh, show prayer. Father, I thank you. I ask in the name of Jesus that you take over. Father, my prayer is always that do not allow, do not allow me to say anything. That does not come from you. Father God, that our ears will not hear it. Lord, I want to preach and I want to speak straight from your heart. So Lord, I thank you for giving me this great opportunity to bring the word that will probably encourage us and help us to continue on. To live a life that is pleasing to you. That live a life, Father God, of obedience. And we thank you, Father. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Psalm 15, who may worship in your sanctuary? Lord, who may enter your presence and your holy hill? Those who lead, those who live blameless lives and do what is right, speaking the truth from sincere hearts. Those who refuse to gossip, or harm the neighbors, or speak evil of their friends, those who despise flagrant sinners, and honor the faithful followers of the Lord, and keep their promises even when it hurts, those who lend money without charging interest, and who cannot be bribed by a lie about the innocent. Such a people will stand firm forever. I'm reading from the uh, New Living, I believe. I, I changed it today for the, uh, from the NIV to this one. So we're going to go to Luke 12. We just got back from the conference. And um, I, will, I would like to... Put my two senses there for the, from the conference. It would be wonderful. I, I think it's already on the schedule for next year, right, Pastor Tom? It would be wonderful if our church would be able to go to those conferences. It really, I, I really mean it. Uh, not just a group. I mean, I, I know that it's not easy. It's a lot. It costs money. Um, time off from work. But it would be wonderful if you find out even from now, when that's going to be so that you can be part of it. It's amazing. One time we'll have a 98. Pastor Sam says one time we'll have a 98 people from the church that went to Pennsylvania. But I'm telling you, it would be wonderful to see the church there and receive. I mean, it, it, it makes you just go, What? It really does. It really does. So I will, I will encourage you for next year to try to sign up, even from now, or start saving money from now. They say over there, the one of the guys says, start saving some dimes and change. But he, then he says, save dollars. <laughs> so you got to start saving dollars to go. But it will be wonderful. So let's, let's, I have just one verse that I, the Lord kind of highlight for me in this chapter 12 of Luke. And it's verse 31. Seek the kingdom of God above all, all else. 
and he will give you everything you need. I don't know what your Bible says. I don't know all the, all, all the reference, all, all the other translations. But this one says, seek the kingdom. And then in the end, he says that he will give you everything you need. Not want. You need. So it probably would be a good thing for you to highlight those two words. Seek the kingdom and he will give you everything you need. So today, if you're writing anything, the, 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 the title of the message is Provision from the World or Experience with God. Which one you like better? Which one you desire to have? Provision from the world or experience with God? First, I wanted to create a aha in your mind. <laughs> we came from that. We came from where every time, and especially Bill Johnson, where every time Bill Johnson stands on the pulpit and he gives a message, I mean, it's, it's almost every, every five minutes you're like, wow, uh-huh. <laughs> and you got to think about it. I'm not Bill Johnson by any means. Pastor, pull the microphone away from you. Ah, okay, I'm sorry. I'm reading that thing and I'm like, you're talking to me? That's better. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So I want to I wanna just uh, create that, that mentality in my aha. Uh-huh. And I use this expression, aha. Uh-huh. Why? Because I have a problem pronouncing the word curiosity. Curiosity? Cur- whatever that is. <laughs> so I want to make it simple for myself. So I really want to do is, in other words, to, to make you think. To make you think. That sounds good for me. It's just to make you think. Okay? And be curious about it. So first, the first thing that we need to know is that we need to understand who God is. That's the first thing as a believer, as a Christian, that you need to know how or who God is. And we have to know his nature and his qualities. You have to know who God is. You have to know his nature. And we have to know or understand his qualities. And let me give you a few things that I probably came up with. And maybe it doesn't make sense to you, but it makes a lot of sense for me. (laughs) Because I'm a simple man. (laughs) The qualities of a product is the grade of excellence that makes that product better than others. The qualities of a product is the grade, the grade of excellence that makes that product better than the others. It will distinguish from one product to another. The quality of a product cannot be better than the environment from where it came from. I know the Milton Parker is a farmer somewhere. Milton, <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know. Milton, yeah. And uh, you understand that, right? So I'm saying something that probably makes sense to some of us. So the quality of a product cannot be better than the environment from where it came from. Why would you think that Nathaniel, when Philip came to him, he says, I have found the Messiah. We have found the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And he is from Nazareth. And immediately we went to the mind of Nathaniel was from Nazareth. Did anything good come from there? Why? Because the reputation was that nothing good comes from Nazareth. So immediately you know that from there it, it, it can be anything good. So I'm, I'm not using that to... To say that thing comes good from something bad, I'm just saying there could be, but in, in, in general. So Nathaniel says that, asked that question. So I'm going to give you really examples. For example, an apple pie, <laughs> an apple pie cannot be good if the apples are rotten. Yeah. Amen? 
But the only way you know the apples was rotten is by you tasting the apple pie. You can't, you can't say it was not good if you don't taste it. You have to eat it or taste it before you know that it was made from rotten apple. So the apple pie, so the apple pie will reveal that the apples were no good. Remember, I'm creating something in your mind for where we're going that, you, that we have to get it, that we have to think, okay, this is what he was trying to say. That's what I did with Bill Johnson. I was like all over the place, like thinking, oh, this is what he's trying to say. This is what he meant. <laughs> Not Bill Johnson again, so please, I'm Willie. <laughs> so the apple pie will reveal if the apple was good or not. You can also tell the quality of a product from the environment where it was produced. You can tell the quality of a product from the environment that it came from, that was produced. I'm sure many of people here like fish and chicken. Most of our products in this country come, come from farms. The taste of a fish that was raised in a, in a farm is completely different from the one who is wild in the ocean. Yes or no? Yeah. That's right. Many times you see in the market, they market it says raised on the farm and the other wild caught. We're going somewhere. God has set a standard for us. How many are believers here in this house? How many are here believers? Now, all the hands are raised. Every hand is raised. I hope everyone is raised. If you're not, if you're not a believer, and in the end we're going to have a call, and then you become a believer by giving your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So God has set a standard from us. For, for, God has set a standard from which you and I will be judged. I, um, I brought my own lunch today. I have to go in a diet because we got to go to Israel. <laughs> and I, I need to walk a lot, they tell me. Anybody can tell me what is this? A fruit ball. More like an orange ball, right? Not a, the football thing, but an or, it's, it's orange here. I just want to show you something. And what is this? Did anybody, <laughs> did anybody can tell which tree this one came from? Ah, it came from the lemon tree. How do you know that? It's impossible for a lemon tree to create lemons. It's impossible for a, tree, for a lemon tree to... Milton, let me ask Milton. Milton, it's impossible for a lemon tree to create lemons? And it's impossible? It's possible. In other words, it's impossible for a lemon tree to have an apple. Amen. Amen. So this is an orange, and it came from an orange tree. We're going somewhere. I hope so, right? But we also have apples. But no matter how much I mix this, no matter if the lemon is on the bottom, when it comes out, it always be a lemon. Why is, why is, why is, why is that that many times when a Christian mingle with, with the non-believers, we start looking like them? We have, we don't keep our own identity. This lemon always be a lemon. And you know where it came from because it's a lemon. It came from a lemon tree. The apple came from an apple tree, not from the orange tree. We know that for, for a fact. Why I tell you that we're going somewhere? God has set a standard from, from which you and I will be judged. This orange never will be judged as an apple. Yes or no? Come on, congregation. I need, you, you, you have to, you have to, where's Miss Ari? 
I need Miss Hattie. Amen. Pastor Willie, amen. amen. This orange will never be judged as an apple or as, or as a lemon. This, this apple will never be judged as, as an orange because it's an apple. Who are you? Who are we? This, this is not a, 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 you know, sometimes people think that Willie always bring something that is almost condemnation or judging people, this or this. This has nothing to do with anything like that. If that's, in, if that's in your mind, please get it out in the name of Jesus. I'm trying to show you the mercy and the love of God. That he, that he is concerned of if you, if you have make you an apple, but you, you're still thinking that you are an orange. And he said, no, you came from this tree, so make sure that you be judged like an apple. You are an apple. You're not this. Uh-huh. <laughs> For example, do you know that God demands, if, we're, if it is true, that we are this and not that, he demands that you and I honor his name. I wonder what's honor. I wonder what's my... my uh, I know in English probably doesn't make sense. I'm sorry? Respect his ways, honoring, respecting his ways. My grandmother used to say, there's no honor any longer. The honor turned to haze and the donkey ate it. <laughs> That's what my grandmother used to say. It's no, no hay honra. La honra se volvió hierba y se la comieron los burros. This here, it was my grandmother saying, it's no longer honor. The honor had turned to haze and the donkey had ate it. I'm not, I'm not trying to bring anything to you. I'm trying to bring you back to where God calls you to be and God called me to be. How do we honor him? By honoring one another, by honoring the leaders, by respecting one another. It's amazing how God speaks today. I have no clue if Karina knows what, what, what was in these papers. Maybe she had it. But I can tell you there was the same word. And you can look at it, Exodus 17, 4, 6. I'm not going to read it. But it was the same thing where Moses, the, these, these people started to complaining it to Moses and, and arguing with him. And, and Moses kind of says, Lord, what am I going to do with them? And, and the Lord told him, he says, listen, they're thirsty, they're hungry. We're going to give them water. Just take them there. Take the staff with you. Take Aaron and, and some of the elders and go and hit the rock. And Moses obeyed the Lord. He went and, and, and the Lord was standing next to the rock and he hit the rock and water came out. And everybody that was thirsty, they were able to eat, to, to drink. Are you thirsty today? Are we really thirsty for the Lord? I will really, really want to drink the living water. You ask yourself the question. I cannot answer for you. You have to have that desire. It's amazing to me. It really does. When God has done so much for you and I, that when we have, and, and this has nothing to do with anything here, I'm just, I'm just speaking to ourselves, to, to us, to you and to me. It's amazing that if I come to a prayer today, I don't have to come tomorrow. Oh, because I, it's almost like a job. You know, you ever, you ever work that you have to work your day off, but then they give you another day off? Or you work yesterday because I was off, so you take off tomorrow. And we do the same with God. It's like we say, okay, good Lord, I did this for you yesterday, so today I'm just going to do nothing. I'm just going to hang out because I did it yesterday. It's almost like if God is paying me to worship him. It's almost like God is paying me that I have to pray or I have to go to prayer meetings. Do you ever, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people, all the teenagers left. They all left. I can say something about the teenagers. <laughs> but teenagers, they live at home. You pay the bills. You pay the rent. You feed them. You clothe them. Every, they have everything for free, but yet they want to get paid to take the garbage out. 
Isn't that amazing? And even that, they take the garbage out and they drag it and the whole thing is spilled everywhere and they leave it like that. Like, yeah. Oh, God forbid you ask them to mow the lawn. It's a mess. They even run the sprinkle system and break the thing, and, and, but they want to get paid. <laughs> yes, they do. Pastor Mike, you have not there yet, so, but you will get there. <laughs> In the name of Jesus, we declare that your children are going to be an example to every other kid. They're going to be perfect. But you see, how, this, is how, this is who we are. This is, we, we want God to pay even though when I mess up, I want God to bless me even though I'm doing crazy things, but you're going to have to pay me. You're going to have to bless me. And this is, this is just like a teenager. We, we are like teenagers. We demand that God bless me even, even when I don't do the, the right thing. So here's Moses, and he go over there. He get the water for the people. He gave it to them, and they were satisfied. Later on, basically the same thing. In Numbers. In Numbers, number 20. They complain again by the same thing. And now the Lord tell them to do the same thing but different. Because he told them the same thing. He says, now Moses and these people. And Moses is upset with them. I mean, he, he, wanted, he was really upset. And then he says to, the Lord says, listen, Moses, take the stuff. Same, same thing. Take Adam with you and take the elders with you and go to the rock. But now you speak to the rock. Speak to the rock. And not going to be standing next to it. And the, the water comes out. So Moses goes over there. He's upset. And instead of speaking to the rock, he hits it. He hit the rock. And God didn't like that. I'm going to read a portion to you of, of this. Um, number 20, 6 to 12 says, Moses and Adam turned away from the people and went to the Entrance of the tabernacle, where they fell, fell face down on the ground. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord says to Moses, you and Adam must take the staff and assemble the entire community as the people, as the people watch. Speak to the rock over there, and it will pour out its water. You will provide enough water for, from the rock to satisfy the whole community and their livestock. So Moses did as he was told. He took the staff from the place where it was kept before the Lord. Then he and Aaron summoned the people to come and gather at the rock. Listen, you rebels. He was upset with them. He shouted, must we bring you water from this rock? Then Moses raised his hand and instructed the rock twice with his staff. And water gushed out. So the entire community and the livestock drank their fill. But look at verse 12. But the Lord says to Moses and Adam, Because you did not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, you will not lead them into the land I am giving them. Because... You're in me in front of all these people, you will not enter. The holiness, another verse says, another, another translation says, you did not honor me in front of these people. Do you know why God have not destroyed many of us as Christians? Because he really, he really cares for, for every human being. God cares for everybody. But he holds you and I with a little bit higher standard. Yes or no? He did not expect that you're going to react or act like the world. He doesn't expect you to, to do things as the world does. He expects you to honor his name and do differently. So do you know that he did not destroy the Israelite 
for one reason and one reason only. For honor of his name. In other words, let me, let me, let me see if I can put it in, in Willie's way. If you're going to, uh, uh, Mike works in, in building houses. He's made sure that the people, that he's going to build a house, that the people who's going to work for him, or he's going to give them a job, whatever, employees, he's going to watch them carefully, and he's going to make sure that he, if he puts somebody to work in the wall there, he's going to inspect it, make sure that it was done according to the pattern, according to his desire, the way it's supposed to be done. But what happened? If Mike, the cost of the labor is, is very expensive, so you can't really pay these people. So you know what? I'm just going to go and hire whoever comes. You want to work? Okay. Get a, get a nail and, 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 and a hammer and start nailing here. And you start painting over there. And Mike just go and leave him there. I assure you that when the inspector comes or the owner of the house is immediately they're going to know that this house was not built by somebody they will honor. This house was not built by somebody that I can trust. So what happened? Mike's name is to go down to the gutter. And little by little, he will not find any jobs. Little by little, his name is to being everywhere that he is not a good contractor. Oh, man, he built my house. What a mess. I'm telling you this because I want you to know that God expects you to give him a good reputation. God expects as a Christian to give him a good name. Your lifestyle, your vocabulary, where you go, who you hang out with, what you do in the secret places, what you do at home. God expects you to really honor his name. God do not want his name to be contaminated by anybody. And he's very, very jealous about it. I can read to you. Let's read it. Ezekiel 20. And this is, again, it's, it's no condemnation to anybody, please. It's what the, the God has said to us. You representing me, and you better do it well. You are representing me. In your house with your wife and children, you're representing me in the store when you go shopping. You're representing me when you pay your workers. You're representing me when you work for somebody. You're representing me in every level of your life. And you better do it well because I do not allow my name to be profane or to be give a bad, bad reputation to my name. Ezekiel 20, 8 to 14. It says, but they rebelled against me. This is the people that came and they wanted God to bless them. God, they went and they were, they were praying. And God told Ezekiel this. He says, but they rebelled against me and would not listen. They did not get rid of the vile images they were obsessed with. Or forsake the idols of Egypt. They threatened me. They threatened to... I'm sorry. Then I threatened to pour out my fury on them to satisfy my anger while they were still in Egypt. But I didn't do it. For I act to protect the honor of my name. Why God did not destroy them? The only reason was to protect the honor of his name. I will not allow shame to be brought on my name among the surrounding na nations who saw me reveal myself by bringing the Israelites out of Egypt. I do not allow shame to be brought to my name. Because these people saw me. They watched me when I brought these people out. So I brought them out of Egypt and led them in the wilderness. There I gave them my decrees and regulations so they could find life by keeping them. I gave them my Sabbath day of rest 
is a sign between them and me. Look at this. Just pay attention to, to read these words and, 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 and meditate on them. But look what it says. I gave them my Sabbath days of rest as a sign between them and me. The Jewish people had the Sabbath. You and I have the Holy Spirit. They have the sign for them that they belong to God was they, that they will keep the Sabbath, that they didn't work that day. For us, the sign of the world that we belong to God is that we have the Holy Spirit. And what was that? Look what it was. It was to remind them that I am the Lord who has set them apart to be holy. Why do you think you have the Holy Spirit in you? To remind yourself, to tell us that we are to remain holy. It's unto him. But the people of Israel rebel against me, and they refuse to obey my, my decrees there in the wilderness. They will obey, they, will, they won't obey my regulations, even though obedience will have given them life. Even though obedience will have given them life. They also violate my Sabbath days so that I threaten to pour out my fury on them. And I make plans to utterly consume them in the wilderness. In other words, God, God made a plan. He says, you know what? I'm going to destroy these people. They are so rebellious. They are so out there that I don't even, I don't even want them to, to, I don't even want to see them. But look at verse 14. But again, I held back in order to protect the honor of my name. Again, God says, I, I've made a plan to destroy them. But again, I didn't do it because I want to, I, I have to honor my name. What happened in Psalm 15? What it says? That we are to honor our commitment even though it's going to, I'm going to lose business under this. I have to be hold to my commitment. If you say yes, it's yes. If you say no, it's no. But when you make a commitment, you have to honor that because you're honoring God who is our Father. Amen? Amen. But again, I held back in order to protect the honor of my name before the nations who have seen my power in bringing Israel out of Egypt. Why is it God demand that we honor him why 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 god demands that you know why because you and i came from him that's the reason he calls you to honor him because you if we say we are christian if i say that i came from god and yet i live like a heathen i am not representing him and he says you have to honor me because you came from me. In other words, the characteristics or qualities that describe God must be the same characteristics and qualities that describe his children. I need water. Pedro, give me water in la cocina. Thank you. Let's read something very quickly. Oh, thank you. Thanks, sir. Remember, in the beginning it says, you want provision from the world or provision from God? And Joshua 7, we, uh, we see something here where a person really got caught up in, in, in the material things. And uh, they were going to go to this place and they were going to, the enemy, they were going to fight against the enemy. And one of them kind of, he lost our some material stuff. You know the story, Joshua 7, Achan, the story of Achan. So he took all these things. When Joshua confronted him, 
if you read the whole chapter in one part there, there it says that not, not only that they stole these things, but they lie about it. They lie about it. It's not one thing. It's not, it's, it's not the same. It's not the same thing that when we do something and then we hide about it, we hide it. But then when we confront it, we lie about the situation. We can't hide it from the Lord. So Joshua came and asked the guy, my son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, by telling the truth. In other words, honor God by telling the truth. Make your confession and tell me what you have done. Don't hide it. Don't hide it from me. Achan replied, it is true. I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. Among the plunder, among the plunder I saw a beautiful robe from Babylon, silver coins, and a bar of gold weighing more than a pound. I want them so much that I took them. In other words, I lost out, out, out of this. I lost it so much that I couldn't help not to, get, not to keep it, not to get it. I know that we're adults here, and probably that one of the things that we can probably mention or, or, or easy to, to, at least for me, to, to give an example is the sexual lust. I lost so much of, of this person or this, whatever it is, that I have to do it. I couldn't control myself. I, I had to do it. But it was the lust that brought these men to really steal, steal something. And he says, they are hidden in the ground beneath my tent with a silver berry deeper than the rest. It's a word for us. It's some things in your life that are, that are buried deeper than most things. And you need to dig deeper. We're living in a time that where you really, really have to go and dig it out and find out what is that I'm hiding. What is that, is, that I really, really put it way up there where nobody can see it. The silvers are higher, deeper than the others. God is merciful. God is a loving God. And he's, he's telling you, he's telling us, you better bring those things out. Don't keep them because they are there. They are to be destroyed. They are to set apart. When you see the word where God says, set these things apart, it was not because God says, I want, that's, that belongs to me. And I, No, God says, you know what? Set it apart because I don't want you to be contaminated with that. And you need to burn them. You need to destroy them. So what is, in the, what is it that we have or what is it that you, I say we, because I can have some things too. There is deep barrier. It's unforgiveness. It's you have not been able to ask somebody to forgive you. Because sometimes we say, unforgiveness, I, I, I forgive, I forgive. Okay, do you have asked people to forgive you? Because we offend people too. Have you? Have you hiding? Have you hiding things in you that you're not asking? So you're so prideful that you don't want to ask for forgiveness. That you have to bury that in you, and you feel like, well, I don't care. I don't need to ask for forgiveness. They can they can figure it out themselves. Or what is it? You know, one of the worst things is murmuring. Murmuring against leaders, against the church, or against anybody. It doesn't against your boss. When we murmur, I call this a termite. Termite. Termite, you don't see them. But they are eating the house from the inside. And the only way to see it is you call an inspector who come and check everything and find that all your two by four is rotting and your house is about to collapse. And we have so many people, Christian people, this day and time, murmuring and complaining and gossiping that is, they are eating the house and the house is collapsing. The house of the Lord is collapsing because of the murmuring and secret in your house and, you, and you're complaining and you're constantly against leaders waiting to see where he made a mistake so that I can go and fry him in my house. That is a termite, a spiritual termite that eats the house of the Lord. So, brother and sister, we need to really... But what, what James says about this situation with this man in James 1... Is that a, 
James 1, 13 through 16. What happened when you, when you get tempted? James 1, 13 through 16. It says, and remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do, God is never tempted to do wrong. And he never tempts anyone, anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give, give birth to a sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So don't be, don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. In the chapter of Joshua, chapter, chapter 7 of Joshua, I want to point one verse there. I want you to look at verse 13 of chapter 7 of Joshua. Joshua was upset because they couldn't defeat the enemy even though they were not powerful. So Joshua got on his face and God saw him. He says, get up, get up. Command the people to purify themselves in preparation for tomorrow. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Hidden among you of Israel are things set apart for the Lord. Hidden or things are hidden among you. They are separated for the Lord. In other words, they are separated to be destroyed. They are separated. Those things are separated because they need to be destroyed. Look at the last. You will never defeat your enemies until you remove these things from among you. You will never be able to defeat the enemy, no matter what the enemy is. If it's poverty, I suggest that you read the Bible, start thinking about it, meditate on it, and ask the Lord if a tithing is part of your lack of money. Or if a tithing is the lack of you be able to have a peaceful home. If tithing have to do with you not be able to function in the community. I don't know. You ask the Lord. But you must remove it from you because you will never be able to get up unless you remove these things from you. If it's unforgiveness, you do the math. You keep, keep going. I, I, don't, I, I don't have time or I can't read your mind or I can't tell you what it is. Each person has to know what is that I'm, that I'm hidden, what is that I have, what is that I'm keeping that God has been telling me many times, get rid of it. And I have be able to do it. Some things, or you will never defeat your enemy until you remove these things from among you. Jesus says, again, we came from the tree. We are from God. We must represent him. We must look like him. We must act like him. Jesus says, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. What does that mean? Where Jesus came from? He came from the Father. In other words, he did not came, I'm sorry God, he did not came from an orange tree. I mean from, from the lemon tree and he was an orange. He didn't came from an orange tree and he was a lemon. No, he came from an orange tree and he was an orange. He represents the tree where he came from. If I, if I am from God, I must understand that I came from somebody who has honor. Who understands. Many people say, oh, I don't care what people say. If God cares about what people say, I think you should care too. As believers. 
we must care about what people say about me at work, at home, what my wife says about me when, when this, I, I, uh, I was impressed. Not impressed, but I guess I was happy. There was a person, uh, you know, we had, a, we had a, uh, all these, we have uh, three or four trailers full of stuff. And uh, we, needed, we needed some equipment to, to get those things down and, and do things. And it was, I was really, it was an honor to me. It was a blessing to hear when I called this, this place that, that I know that somebody from the church works there. And I asked them, I say, can you lend us this equipment? Because this person works there and he told me that I you know, to call you. And you know what he says? He says, because I trust that man with my life. I trust that worker. With everything I have, I can give you any equipment you want. That's what he says. And for me, it was a blessing to hear. But what happened if we go up there and we be whatever, and we say, oh, we go to Global River Church. And this is what Global River Church is producing? That's a tree? That's where you came from? Who is your pastor there? So and so. Oh, that's what he's producing. Crooks <laughs> and hypocrites. Really. I mean, think about it. This, this is that, like I said, this is something that we need to really grasp and really understand where I came from. Because if I came from God, I must have honor. I must honor people. People must trust me. Must trust me. People can say I can close my eyes and open the safe box because I know that this person will never do anything wrong because he is one of God's children. Jesus. So I let's let's probably because the time I know that, that we have to really run on this time, and I don't want to, those who are watching me get uh, desperate to watch another program, <laughs> or, or watch somebody else, so, <laughs> but I want to say this, most of the time, we're seeking or we want things for the world, rather than have the blessings from the Lord. And some people were following Jesus, and they came and found him the next day. And uh, you know the story there where they, he fed some people the day before and, and whatever, and they were desperate to find him. And then when they find him, they say, Lord, where were you? Where were you? They were so happy to find him. And Jesus read their heart, and he says, you're not looking for me because you love me. You're not looking for me because you saw these miracles. You're looking for me because I fed you yesterday. And there's a lot of people who come to the Lord just because for the things that they can get, not because they love him. There's a lot of people that go to prayer because they have to, not because they really love him. There's a lot of people who come to church almost because they feel like they have to, not because you love him. Most of the time preachers, or most of the time we preach, that if you come to Jesus, he will set you free. Amen to that. Amen? Amen? If you come to Jesus, he will set you free. That he will bless you. That he will even pay your rent and give you a new car. Most likely you don't even get sick. That's what you hear many preachers today. Where they tell you all the wonderful things that you get if you come to Jesus. That, but most of the time, people will neglect or forget or maybe they don't want to tell you that is one word there that we always either jump or close our ears or we don't want to hear. And it says, if you obey me. Amen. Your blessings is not automatically. It's if you obey me. And you should highlight that word. If you obey me, I will bless you. What kind of people do you think will produce if we tell them that they will never face obstacles or problems in life if they come to Jesus. What kind of people is going to come out of us? What kind of people do you think that this church is going to produce if we're constantly just preaching 
grace, brother, grace. Jesus loves you and you're just going to be blessed all the time. What kind of people? I tell you what kind of people. Willis term. Indoor trees. Yeah. Did you ever take a plant that's meant to grow indoor and bring it outside? See how long it's going to last. There's a lot of Christians that are just indoor trees. The minute they go in the environment, the minute they come out, they die. Or we can say they're fun raised fish who has no taste. A fish, like a fish who was raised in the farm, no taste. We are to be the salt of the world, brothers and sisters. We are to have taste. And we are to face the environment. We are to be, so this church will not preach to you, or I know that we all do. Pastor Tom, Pastor Mike, Pastor Terry, myself. I don't believe that we have to tell you to live a life the way you want to be because God loves you anyway. He loves you. But he will turn the heat. So it's time for us to honor and respect the Lord. Where am I? This, I finish with, I'm going to finish with this verse. Luke 17, 11 through 19. Paraphrasing, it was a time where Jesus was walking towards Jerusalem, and some people were ten people. They were blind and they were crying out, "Master, Master, heal us!" And they come to Jesus, and or Jesus came to them, and he heals the ten people, all blind. He says, "Go." Show yourself to the synagogue, whatever. And, and as they were going, all ten of them got healed. You read the story. But only one person came back to honor, to give him glory. In the verse 19 of that chapter 17, Luke 17, verse 19 says, And Jesus says to the man, Stand up and go. 